0: Hello, and welcome back to Last Guys Off the Bench. My name is Josh King, and I am here with my co-host, as always, Darcy Fraley. Darcy, how you doing, man? I'm excellent, man. How you doing? I am great. I'm happy we're back. I'm happy we're here for episode three. Episode three. The All-Star Game just happened. So, Josh, there's not
1: a lot of new basketball right now, unfortunately. It's sad. It is sad. We're going to go take a deep dive into the current playoff standings, which teams are on the outside looking in, and the outlook for the playoffs as we see them. So we're recording this on Wednesday, February 21st. And
0: away we go! Before we do dive too deep into the playoffs and the rest season going forward, I do think we need to talk about the All-Star Game a little bit, Darcy. Please do. Let's go. Well, I guess, better question, do you want to talk about the All-Star Game? Is it worth talking about?
1: Not at all. But uh, I'm going to go on a little rant here because this all-star game was talked about so much about the, the draft and that it wasn't televised or it should have been televised. And now it comes out. Stephen Curry didn't want to televised. And Bleacher Report's just like blowing up my phone left and right with this bullshit that <laughs> nobody cares about. We, I don't care that LeBron and Kyrie are laughing together. Oh, I don't care. that Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, there's no animosity anymore. Or Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook are like seen high-fiving each other. Oh. Like that's literally the notifications I was getting. It was ridiculous. I didn't watch the game, but I did see some highlights. The game looked fun. It looked like it was a little more competitive than it has been in the past, so
0: maybe the draft had something to do with that, but uh, I'm okay. I definitely agree with you that a lot of the All-Star game is overblown and made to be news when it isn't, but it was was really cool just watching the game and seeing these All-Star level players, best players in the league playing against one another. I do think it was even cooler that they didn't just go conference by conference that All-Star draft really allowed us to see a lot of new things. I mean, KD and LeBron have been in nine all-star games together. They've never played together before. No, we saw that. Stuff like that's cool. It's fun to see, but that's it. Yeah. More like
1: a pickup basketball game. Some poor pickup basketball. All right, let's move on to some fun stuff here. Uh, Josh,
0: you want to run through who our East playoff teams are right now? Yeah, sure. So, if you're listening to this, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to paint a mental picture of a playoff <laughs> bracket. This is how Darcy and I think the Eastern playoff race is going to end up. We basically assume that the standings aren't going to change too much more they are now. Yep. We've got Toronto coming in at number one, Boston at number two, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers at three, the Washington Wizards at four, the Pacers at five, the Milwaukee Bucks at six, the Philadelphia 76ers at 7, eight. and the Miami Heat at number 8 for the last seed in the East. Barely making it in. Barely yeah. making it in. That yeah. means that we've got two teams who are basically looking in. Yeah, one team looking in and the other team wanting to look in. Truth. <laughs> Pistons are the one team who are actually looking in, and the Hornets are the team that wish they are looking in, but just way too bad to be able to do so. Yeah, so right now they're six games back. Their roster
1: and their coach... The way they built this team is definitely to compete for a playoff spot, and I think that's what Michael Jordan and Steve Clifford wanted to do. Unfortunately, they've not had a good season. They've not been able to do that. I love, the, I do enjoy some of the players on their roster. I wouldn't say I love them, but they have a lot. Of, they have a really fun team, I think. Um, but they're not playing that way, and it's definitely reflecting here. They have their own pick, but they're stuck in limbo here, and I'm not sure what they're going to do. Not sure if they're going to join the tank or if they're going to just. Keep kind of hanging on with mediocrity here.
0: Well, I mean, you said this many times to me. Like, the team's almost too good to tank. Like, yeah. they have too many quality players to fall to the bottom of the conference. They yeah. not that's I mean, not they how they're structured. That's mean, like how Frank to tank. You can't, <laughs> the not, tank. can't mess with Frank to tank. That's not, that's not what the front office wants either. They don't want to have a tanking team. They sadly just kind of landed in this pretty poor spot this year. As for the Pistons, we do have the Pistons barely missing the playoffs come to the end of the season do have to say that they have been hotter as of late. Ever since this Blake Griffin trade, uh, they started 5-0, and ever since they got Blake on the team, and ever since the subtraction of players like Tobias Harris and Avery, Avery Bradley, ever since those players left, other role players have stepped up. Mm-hmm. They're Still,
1: playing with a lot more energy. For yes,
0: sure. across the entire team. Mm-hmm. Stanley Johnson, one of those role players, has been thriving a lot as of late. His minutes have increased, and as they have, his stats out as well. He's averaging 13 points per game ever since Blake came, and his season average is only 8 or so points per game. He's shooting 45% from the floor since Blake came, and his season average is only 38%. So guys like him have really improved. But this team's just kind of, I think they're kind of not as good as they seem at the moment. Since the Blake trade happened, they are 6-3, and three, but those five wins have come against teams who were playing the second game of a back-to-back. That's a very deceiving thing. They're playing entire teams in games when, when the Pistons have played fresh players on the opposite team. They're only one in three. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a small sample size. I know nine games is like the smallest of small sample sizes for a season. But that worries me. And I think that's why that they won't be able to make a push into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be close between them and Miami. I mean, they both. Miami's two games over 500. Detroit's one game under 500. I mean, I think they're both about 500 teams. A couple things could break here and there, but I think we both agree that Miami's going to slip in there. We
0: like their team and we like the way they play. And they've better coach. Absolutely. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, they have a better coach. Steve Van Gundy, he's a solid coach. Stan, Stan Van Gundy, yeah. gosh, they always they get me, man. It's Jeff and Stan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Steve! Shout out to Steve Van Gundy, the lost Van Gundy brother.
0: Cheers. <laughs> Stan Van Gundy is a solid coach. An awful GM. Yeah, he just can't carry this team forward like Eric Swalstra can for the Heat.
1: So speaking of moving on from those two teams that are kind of looking in and looking at this playoff bracket, and again, we, we're looking at the standings the way they are now. Um, we're not going to do some shuffling around, although there might be between some of the bottom-tier teams at the Wizards, Pacers, Box Sixers, Heat. I mean, they're all so close within two or three games that could really be a, a big difference come the end of the year where they land seeding-wise. But for the sake of this conversation, we're going to assume your Miami Heat are the eight seed right now. So, what do you think Miami has to do to to play well here, and how, how can they fare and potentially make a first round upset here?
0: I, I don't think they can make an upset. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think it's even possible. Even if Miami plays their best basketball, I don't think they could square up against Toronto and win a series against them. Yeah. I don't care how much their players have been surging. I don't care like how great their coach is. Toronto can can match the positive sides of Miami, and then has extra good things to boot to go alongside of the stuff that Miami does well. You know, I'm going to take the other side right now. Okay, I don't, I don't think the I
1: don't think the Raptors will lose to the Heat, but I think it'll be a long and hard series for them. I think this Heat team reminds me a lot of the post Mello Nuggets um, after they did that trade and they had you know Iguodala, uh, Gallinari, Chandler. Also, they had a couple other people on that team that were really nice pieces. Uh huh. And they played really well together. They didn't have an alpha. Um, and that's definitely an issue with this team, but it's a deep team. They play together. Um, it's nice to see that they have Dwayne Waybag, although I don't think he's going to make too much of an impact other than the locker room. But if you're looking at on paper, I mean, Eric Spolster's a better coach than Dwayne Casey. If this Toronto team shows up the way they have in the past four postseasons, I'd be nervous as a Toronto fan, and totally. I'd be very excited as a Heat fan. If I'm the Heat, I'd rather play them over the Celtics and the Cavs. That's fair. So I think it's going to go six games. I think it'll be competitive and fun.
0: I do think the Raptors have pulled out and the Drakes will keep moving forward. So how about how about the seventh seed that we've got slated in? You're Philadelphia 76ers. Well,
1: there's only a couple things here that need to break for them to make the finals.
0: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Stop it. No, That's uh... a joke, everyone. <laughs>
1: Uh, I love this team. It's such a young team. They are missing a playmaker or shot creator. It would have been a lot of fun to see this team with somebody like a Lou Williams or a Tyreek Evans. Do you think
0: that one piece would have drastically altered their no? I don't abilities? think it was worth sending a first round pick over.
1: And this team is still, I think they're still going to make the playoffs. So I think that was probably their goal for the year. Yeah, um, they're going to take an, a step forward next year with Joel Embiid and being Ben Simmons being a year older. I hope they keep JJ Reddick on staff and we'll be having Markel fall to be able to shoot a basketball. I don't even want to get in the. We're going to assume Markell just doesn't exist right now. Because he would be that playmaker, shot creator. He'd still be young, so it wouldn't matter. Yeah. I don't think too much in the playoffs. But, damn, like... That, I mean, that's what that's why they drafted him. He was going to fill that void. Um, and it made a lot of sense then. I'm not, we're not even going to get into Markell. That's a whole podcast on its own. But, I mean, I think this team could steal a game from the Celtics. I don't think they're going to... And the Celtics are in the 2C right now. I don't think they're going to put too much of a fight against them. I think all, all games that they play against them will be close. I don't think they're going to get blown out, but you've seen this team not be able to close out games consistently, and I think that's where we're going to land.
0: But I do think, I mean, they have enough talent where, Absolutely. where they could win any game. They could win any game. But I don't think that translates to being able to like upset exactly. any series. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be tough for them. I, I think if
1: they're playing, if they're playing anybody other than the Cavs, Celtics, and Raptors, like if they're playing the Wizards or the Pacers, they could probably pull that uh, out. Probably. Possibly, I probably put some money on it. Yeah, um, just to see what happens. I don't. I wouldn't expect them to win, but. I wouldn't be surprised. It's I'd fair. be shocked if they beat the Celtics.
0: Who do we got at six, Josh? Uh, at six, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. Post-Jason Kidd. Post-Jason Kidd. Yeah, the R- Bucks P- have... Jason. They've been better since Jason Kidd left this team. Since, not since he left, since he was fired. Since Joe Prunty came on as the head coach, the Bucks are 9-3. and three. They have Jabari Parker back. He yes. just came back like six games ago from his ACL injury. Second ACL injury. And, I mean, this team, they've been surging a little more as of late, but... I don't think we've seen the best this team has to offer yet. Definitely not. As Jabari Parker gets better, as he improves, and as he gets healthier, and as he gets stronger, you can only imagine that the ceiling for this team is going to just drive upward.
1: Yeah, I mean, this team, if they're healthy, they can compete with anybody. And it's a really scary team.
0: Unlike the 76ers, this is a team that could pull the a a series against one of the the top three seeds. Absolutely. It would take a lot of great basketball on their part, and probably... Some poor basketball moments from the team they're facing. For sure. But, I mean, if you have... Giannis is so good. Yeah. I mean, I feel like one of the only players that can really equal out Giannis in the East is LeBron. Yeah. I mean, and the players around him are very skilled. Yeah. Again, Jabari Parker's back. You've got Chris Middleton. You've got Eric Bledsoe. These guys individually might not be much, but when you bring them all together, especially around Giannis... Yeah. They're fucking
1: dangerous. Oh, no, this this the starting five is excellent. I think if they weren't playing the if they weren't slated to play the Cavs right now and they slid down or went up, I mean they're pulling out. A, I think they have a good chance to pull out a first
0: round series. Pull out
1: the upset. Absolutely, this team is a lot of fun.
0: At fifth place in the East, we have the Indiana Pacers. If things stay the same, like we've talked about, they would end up playing the Washington Wizards in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. How do you think the Pacers can fare, Darcy? What do you think the Wizards can do to counteract them? This, season,
1: this series is up for grabs. If this series ends up being this way and it's the Wizards and Pacers, I'd be, both these teams are similar, I think, in strength. I mean, they the Pacers are younger. They're quicker. They're gonna. I think they're deeper. It's a deeper team. They, I think they have seven or eight guys who are averaging 10 points or more. Like, that's that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty good. awesome. That's awesome. Um, so good for them. I Victor Oladipo is a flat-out stud, right? It's good for them. Um, that trade looked bad. Now it looks pretty good. So I think they can beat the Wizards, but they lack that experience. They like Victor will hasn't been in the playoff series where he's the guy. He was there when Russell Westbrook wasn't passing him the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm interested to see how they fare. I think it could be a seven game series. They're really missing somebody in the mold of Paul George. Yeah. You know, if, if that for, alpha dog. Yeah, they're that missing that true alpha dog. They, they need. I mean, I don't know if they need an alpha. I think they just need somebody who can do a lot of different things that they don't like. They need they need somebody else who can create um, create shots, play make defend they need somebody else who can do that a premier main player yeah
0: I do think a series involving the Wizards and anyone in the first round yeah. would be more about how the Wizards play and less about how the team they're against plays <laughs> yeah what's nice about for the Wizards is the rotations
1: get shorter so they're only playing seven guys, and usually in the playoffs it's seven or eight guys, and that's good for the
0: Wizards. That's their weak point. They don't have a deep team, yep. and they rely so heavily on John Wall and Bradley Beal. Yeah. But if those two guys are playing well, and even if the guys around them are playing marginally well to just yeah. fill their roles, I mean, this is a team that they could they could they be at the, the top, of, they could the be in the top of the East yeah. if, if things they come together for them. They should. They should, they should have be at the top this of year. the East. They should have been there this year. So again, I mean, I would assume that things would tick up for the Wizards come yeah. playoff time. I mean, I know John I know Wall. So. John Wall's out for six weeks still from his knee surgery that he had. And we really don't know how he's going to come back in and mesh yeah. with these developing younger rotational players who have been playing well for the Wizards ever since John Wall went down. Yeah, But... I mean, for them, it's literally just kind of a waiting game. It's as a Wizards fan, it's me sitting and watching and crossing my fingers, <laughs> hoping that they actually show up, hoping that Saturanski just comes out,
1: and just starts gunning. Yo, I fucking love Saturanski. I know he's. I mean, he's nasty. The Wizards Bucks series would be a lot of fun. Like, we would need to get tickets for that. Uh, I would pay. I would pay you know, any money. We saw the Bucks play,
0: though. It was a terrible game. Though. It was an awful game, <laughs> but there was. A, I mean. It was an awful but equally matched game (laughs) when we saw them. (laughs) Saw like three weeks ago, play I think. The Pacers are the least interesting team, so any game or series involving the Pacers in this first round is going to be less interesting than (laughs) the Bucks. The Bucks replacing them. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know who would win a Wizards Bucks series. I'm taking the Bucks. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks were pulled out. Yeah, I think those teams would be really tough to play for the Raptors. You think so? I definitely think the Bucks would. Well, the Bucks, Bucks would be difficult for anybody. We just said the yeah. Bucks could be the team that they could, they could really make. Some if noise. anyone would upset in the first round, it would be the Bucks. Yeah,
1: I hope they make some noise. Let's make it. Let's make it interesting. Speaking of the Bucks, right now they're slated to play the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes, they are. We haven't talked about them enough, right? Oh, I mean, we didn't totally just make like two whole podcasts about them. <laughs> it's their fault. It's, it's like it's on them. I mean, they did the trade. It's like I can't. I was going to say David Griffin almost for a second. I forgot he got fired. RIP David Griffin. But uh, who's the guy now? Kobe? Kobe Altman. Yeah, Kobe Bryant. Not Kobe Not No, Kobe Wait, Altman. Sorry, random tangent. Uh, <laughs> we might need to edit this out then. But <laughs> Yo, Kobe Bryant has his fucking ESPN videos, if I had to hear him do a voiceover again on one of those stupid... Did you see that All-Star
0: one? The no. Most recent? Again, the All-Star game.
1: He like did this like voiceover, and he's done a couple of them that he's producing himself. In partnership with ESPN.
0: Oh, wait, wait, he's actually nominated for an Oscar
1: for a short film. Kobe <laughs> Bryant's
0: nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> How strongly I
1: enough to rip my shirt, I would. Like, <laughs> like, that is some... If you're listening to this, which I know all five of you out there listening to this,
0: make sure you get on and Google Kobe Bryant's, like, potentially Oscar-nominated. Yeah, nominated. I, but have you seen it, though? Like, is Probably. It, I mean, are you judging something you haven't watched? Because I mean, it's not even like for an like, Oscar. Uh, it has to be good, right?
1: No, it doesn't have to be good. Have you seen some of the Oscar movies? No. Every year, I'm every oh it's, it's nominated for an Oscar, and I'm like, what? This was nominated? Like, I don't know. It's just like I I don't get excited to watch Lady Bird. I'm sorry. That's a great fucking film. Great, great movie. I just I'm not excited. I'm All not right. gonna see it a second time. It's on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you gotta watch it. Then. It's it's uh I just it's voiceover every time I'm just getting kind of tired of it. It's like the same kind of like feel and uh, I don't know. It's just too much Mamba. Too much Mamba. I can't handle that much Mamba. Yeah, that's what the ladies say. All right. Uh um. well back to
0: back to the Cavs. Back to Kobe Altman. Yeah. Great um, job,
1: this I mean LeBron James, i.e. Kobe Altman did a great job at this trade deadline. Yo, it's
0: just I think it's just Kobe Altman.
1: I hope so. Good for him. They're in a good situation. I don't wanna overreact, it's only been a couple games, but they look a
0: lot better. They got LeBron James back in that trade, so that's a nice return. Do you think this team, this Cavs team, is good enough. For LeBron to carry to the finals. Absolutely. I mean, no matter who you put around around LeBron on this team, yeah. the, the thing that matters is LeBron. And you yeah. obviously need a supporting cast to help support him, but LeBron needs to have another classic LeBron playoff Absolutely. run if they're going to actually make it.
1: I think we both trust LeBron, and I trust LeBron more than I trust anybody else on the Raptors or the Celtics.
0: I think we have to keep trusting LeBron until we see him that not pan, pan out. out. I mean, so who knows how many years that'll be? But until yeah. until he falls in the playoffs, you have to trust that he's going to carry his Absolutely. team there. I
1: think they'll be they're going to have a lot of tough series, but the depth that they have now, the the wingspans that they have on defense, the, versa- the versatility. Defense, yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to have that. Kevin Love's going to be back for the playoffs, and I think he'll add a really cool dimension. They still have not ever featured him in, at the high post, and that's where he needs to be. That's where he operates best. That's where he was best in Minnesota, and especially with his new body right now. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at Minnesota, it's him, Kevin Love, he's not I mean, in shape. I mean, like, yeah, he's, well, it's a different game, right? He's playing yeah. back to the basket, and now he's like, he's made for this, like, modern NBA. And he can still pass like crazy. I wish they would use him that way,
0: kind of in that Jokic
1: role that you see with the Nuggets. Yeah, no, exactly. Like that's that's the blueprint. He did that. He did that. <laughs> like that. He was he was that. It yeah. was. It's crazy to me that they don't use him that way. I don't think Tyron Lewis is a great coach. If, if Kevin Love was on the Celtics, you'd be seeing a different Kevin Love. You'd be like, oh, Kevin Love is in the MVP conversation, and you know, you'd be freaking out about it. But
0: uh, I, I think this team is dangerous, Do and I you, think this team will get out of the East. You think this is the team that will make it out? I definitely think they'll beat the Celtics and the Raptors. Like we just said, you can't bet against them until we see them actually lose in that Yeah. T- Toronto's never beaten LeBron in the playoffs and the the Celtics, I so, mean, the Celtics they they do they have an come advantage closer the coach, and they right? have do they have more of, they do have more of an advantage now than they have in the past. Absolutely. But, well, if but they, still if
1: they had a healthy Gordon Hayward, I know we're going to get to the Celtics in a minute, but that team would be a lot of fun to see go against the Cavs. And I do think the Bucks and the Cavs will be a really great series. I don't think it'll go more than five games, maybe six, but it'll be exciting because Giannis matches up relatively well with LeBron, as you mentioned before. The quote-unquote equalizer, even though there still isn't there still isn't one. Yeah, but he's LeBron is LeBron. He's up there with Kevin Durant in terms of like being able to stop somebody. I and mean, maybe it's just the
0: length that throws me off and be able to say that. That's a bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess for clarification, yeah. Giannis is not Kevin Durant. He <coughs> no, is no. not the caliber well, of the player that though. Kevin Durant is currently yeah. totally right now, but Giannis is still a top five player in this league at the moment, yeah. and it's only going to rise. He's of his caliber, and he's, he's just different. I mean, he plays
1: different. He's more of a facilitator. He's—I would have said a better defender two years ago, but Durant stepped up his game. Yeah, he's, he looks good, but it's probably more because he has a chance to take a step back, and Giannis is the top player on his team. And he's Kevin still, Durant has two other, two or three other guys that are
0: yeah. And Giannis there is still like twenty-two. I mean, yeah. this kid—he's—he's <laughs> not—he's not even close to his quote-unquote prime yet, mm. and I mean, once he hits 20, it, yeah. imagine that's four years
1: from now. No, it's going to be scary. Yeah. And then I think when LeBron's 38, he can actually beat him. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's hit with the Celtics real quick. You want to talk about them for a little bit?
0: Yeah, sure. I love me some Celtics. I mean, I know it
1: hurts to talk about them. Oh, uh, yes, sure. To yeah. Darcy's demise, yeah. I love me
0: some Celtics. I love the Celtics. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, it's the next team that'll come for you. All right, keep going. The Celtics are, where well, they were arguably the best team in the East for a large portion of the season until the Raptors kind of overtook them over this past month or so. Yeah,
1: the past 10 games, I believe. I mean, they were 5-5 five and five in their last 10 and the Raptors are 9-1. and one.
0: It's hard to honestly talk badly about the Celtics mm-hmm. because they have a great coach. They have two all-star players and Kyrie and Al Horford. Al Horford doesn't get enough credit for how great of a basketball player he is. He does so much for this team. Um, And come playoff time, like their anchor, I don't care how well Kyrie plays, the Celtics' anchor will be Al Horford. They have young guys who, who, similar to the Cavs that we talked about, these young guys are versatile. They can do all kinds of things all over the court. And that really gives the Celtics an opportunity to be able to match up with most teams that they would face in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I think the advantage that the Cavs have over the Celtics is that they have LeBron who elevates players. And Kyrie's not up to that. Kyrie's an amazing player. I think Brad Stevens is elevating those players. Yeah. It's a
0: difference. It seems like the Celtics are too good for me to say that they don't have a chance to come out of the East. Absolutely. They have a chance, yeah. And I know they have a chance, but again, it's just, it's so hard for me to believe that anyone else is going to come out except LeBron and the Cavs. Yeah. I know. We're in this weird position where even now, like, the Cavs are still underrated, but ever since this acquisition, these acquisitions at the trade deadline... Well, that's what makes them underrated now, because I think before
1: we would have been like, eh. Well, like, yeah, they before they be had no their chance. Yeah.
0: But, I don't know, man.
1: Okay, so let's say they play the Cavs. What do they have to do to beat the Cavs? I mean, so they have a lot of young guys, right? They have they need Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to consistently play well. Not great, just well and consistent, right? Yep. It's a lot to ask of those two guys. But, they're rookies. But they're, well, Jalen
0: Brown is not a rookie, but yeah, they're, they're both, both young.
1: They're both young. I mean, yeah, but they're both under 20. Yeah, so both those guys would need to play really well. Al Horford would have to st- – I think he still has to step up his game because right now he's their second best player. And that's this is no knock on Al Horford, but he's not capable of taking over a game with scoring. He's capable of doing it in a lot of different ways. And he can carry that team and anchor that defense. But he already does, he he already does those up. things, though. Yeah, no, he needs to step it up even further in the playoffs. Okay. I think he needs to go a notch higher. It's the playoffs, man. And I haven't seen him do it in the playoffs. He didn't do it with Atlanta. He didn't do that, it with That Atlanta, Atlanta team didn't do it at all yeah. when they
0: won 60 games. And uh,
1: that's what I'm afraid of. But if he's capable of doing that – And then you have to have a monster series from Kyrie. And then you need to shoot the ball well. So you need to have Marcus Smart shoot well. You need to have Rozier shoot well. Marcus Morris needs to show up. There's a lot of people that I'm like, oh,
0: shit. You start saying these names and you're like, is Marcus Morris going to show up? (laughs) But I guess that's what happens. That's what happens when you play LeBron. Yeah. A team like the Cavs with LeBron, you're not going to have anyone who can match LeBron individually. So you need every single role player who will play in the game. They have good defenders, though, to be able
1: to match up against him and throw at him at different looks. Nobody that can stop him. But. Marcus Morris plays him well. Jalen Brown can play him well. Jalen
0: Brown showed up last year in the playoffs. Yeah, he he can... was aggressive as hell in the playoffs when he was a rookie. He looked erratic, and yeah. he didn't always know what he was doing. But I was actually impressed when the Celtics beat the Wizards last year in yeah. the playoffs. And in that Wizards series, Jalen Brown was a scary player to have to watch play against your team. Well, and, But he was guarding out of order, so... Oh, stop it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, I think this
1: this team is capable, and uh, if they have Gordon Hayward, it's a different conversation.
0: Do the Celtics need Gordon Hayward to have success in the playoffs?
1: Uh, if you're defining success as making the conference finals or the finals, yes. Okay. Or they have to have the right matchup. But if they had Gordon Hayward, though, if they had Gordon Hayward right now. Let's say he was healthy. Like let's say he came back and he had already played a week and he was playing well. He was averaging twenty-five and five, right? Which okay. is pretty standard for him. Yeah. And he like, was starting to fit in seamlessly. Shit, that team. I pro- I might pick the Celtics in that series. That
0: series would be hella fun. The Celtics issue this season, again, when they've quote-unquote fallen a little bit and let the Raptors overtake them in the standings, Yeah, a lot of those issues have been on the offensive side of the ball. Again, it's, it's a lot of these young guys who were showing up really well at the beginning of the season but now are slumping a little bit. Because they're young, because that's what they're going to do. Yeah. They're still learning. They're still learning how to play this game in, at an NBA level. If you add Gordon Hayward in there, they already have great defense. They're yeah. already a great defensive team. Mm-hmm. And if you add in Hayward, that fixes so many of your Absolutely. offensive problems. Well, and
1: now Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown don't have to be relied upon as much, so they can show up. They're going to show up at home, and yep. they're not going to show up on the road. And we're going to be okay with that.
0: Yeah. You're going, to, you're going to expect that from them, but you'll be able to equalize that with Gordon Hayward's play.
1: Yeah. I hope Gordon Hayward makes it back in time, and I hope he doesn't rush back and he's actually capable of playing at a level that is worthy of his, of his name. Let's talk about your Toronto
0: Raptors, and I'm saying your Toronto Raptors. (laughs) So, I'm in love with the Toronto Raptors right now, and I want to preface this love. You are being recorded right now, so I'm really happy this is happening. I want to preface this love (laughs) with the fact that I, I may, even over the beginning course of the season, have fallen into the regular season trap. All right? The Raptors have been playing so well this season. This is a new Raptors team. It's like Jurassic Park World out there. (laughs) Unlike many of the other Raptors teams we've seen in past years, where they've (laughs) choked in the playoffs, where they haven't met their expectations, this Raptor team feels different. But I do have to say, it still is the regular season. Mm -hmm. So far this year, the Raptors have the best second unit in the league, best bench unit in the league. And that has been a huge propellant for them, to have the best record in the East. Fred Van Fleet, DeLon Wright, CJ Miles, Pascal Siakoum, Miaka Potl. This five-man lineup has outscored opponents by 32.8 points per 100 possessions this season. That's an incredible rate. And if you take that across the entire league, outside of just bench units, no five-man unit that has played at least 60 minutes this season has a better net rating than the Raptors bench. Currently, the Raptors are the only team in the top five of both offensive and defensive efficiency. And over the past 40 years, there have been 35 teams who have finished the season in the top five in both of those categories. 31 of those teams have won a playoff series, 27 have made it to the conference finals, 14 have made it to the finals, and then 11 have won the title. Mm -hmm. Um, If Toronto keeps this up, keeps up this pace, keeps up these efficiency numbers across the board... History is kind of on their side with them being able to succeed. They change up their game in a ton of different ways. Um, in previous years, the past four or five years, the Raptors have been in top five in free throw rates in the entire league. This year, they're 18th, and that means they're scoring the ball through actual offense and not relying on having to take some crazy shots in the paint to get fouled mm-hmm. to be at the foul line and score.
1: Yeah, it's a more modern offense. For it's a sure. more
0: modern offense, and all these all these things make me like they really they broke up my ears a little bit. Sure, you're you're high on the, the Raptors. I'm high on the
1: Raptors. Respect. And three years ago, I'd have been like, yeah, I'm high on the Raptors. So I respect it. I think one of the things they're going to run into is that the bench is going to shorten, and I think they could still end up. You mean playing mean, rotations will shorten. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to play. Three of those guys. I think they'll play all five, but three of them will get minutes, and the other two will get a couple, you know, here or there. Yeah. So I think they're going to run into an issue there. DeRozan's been out of his mind. He's a different player right now. I mean, he's he's playing, he's playing like the player we expected him to turn into, and he's he's shooting threes, which is whoa, it's so weird that like <laughs> he extended his range by a foot. I mean, good for him though. I mean, it's That's it's what really, he needed to do. He needed to do it uh, to take that next step. I just. Uh, I've seen them I've seen them just not show up too many times for me to believe that they can take LeBron. They can make it to the conference finals. They have an easy path right now. That's the perks of being the one seed. Yeah. Uh, okay, so how could the Raptors actually take the Cavs and make it to the finals?
0: <sighs>
1: of course, assuming that they're beating the Heat. Or the Sixers. If the, I think the Sixers might fall back intentionally to play the Raptors. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> All right, so how could the, the, the Raptors topple the Cavs and
0: LeBron James and get over that hump and make it to the finals? All right, so... Any team who wants to beat the Cavs has to realize that they can't stop LeBron James. Absolutely. And the the Raptors, they've played their best ball this year when they've played as a team and when they've kind of held true to their offensive sets, their defensive sets, their ideologies on both sides of the ball. And if they're scoring up against LeBron-led team, they need to not solely focus on like stopping LeBron. Mm-hmm. They basically need to let LeBron score. They need to hold off everyone else on the team knowing that LeBron's going to put up crazy points and drive up the score on the scoreboard. Once they do that, they need to do their thing on the offensive end. They need DeRozan to keep playing as an MVP caliber player. They need Kyle Lowry to keep having a great shooting season and to not taper off and tire out. They need a lot of their young guys to step up and maybe take a bit of a role in biting LeBron and making things tough for him. Even though you're going to let him score... You don't want to double him up and just let the team around him succeed, but you still want to make his single coverage like really difficult. Absolutely. You want to make
1: him work. If you can take a book from or a page from the Jordan Rules book and do what the Pistons did to Jordan and what the Knicks did to Jordan over his career, I think the Raptors, they're deep enough, right? I mean, you just said it. They have five guys who can come in and who have the best numbers all season and efficiency. Yeah. So I think if they can make it hard for LeBron, if they allow him to score, but make it hard for him to score, and, and hit him hard, and make these other guys lock them up, they it can have a hard time, because, I mean, they don't they don't have much of an offense, right? I mean, part, LeBron Lou doesn't have them running anything special. Their
0: only offense is LeBron. It's LeBron yeah. doing LeBron things randomly, and yeah. then throwing it out to everybody else around the floor yeah. once he creates some space on his own. And, I, again, part of their Raptor's success this year has been just how efficient they run, like, a legitimate, yeah. modern offense.
1: I like that game plan, and I think if they were to actually implement that, it'd be a lot of fun to see how many points the Broncos score, and <laughs> if if the Raptors could actually make a dent and make a push. And I think it really comes down to, can the Raptors show up? Can the Raptors confidently show up? I'm still picking the Cavs, though. Where, where are you at? Still have the Cavs. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm not going to pick against the Cavs until I yeah. see them lose. But I'll be rooting for the Raptors, as much as I like to you know, shit on them and make fun of them. <laughs> like, it'd be fun to see somebody else coming out of there and... Especially a team like the Raptors, where it would be like a huge redemption story for them. Yeah, I mean, I think they get... The, the only issue then is, I do think the Celtics or the Cavs can put up a fight against a Western Conference team. I don't know if the Raptors could.
0: Well, I guess that takes us into the next part of the podcast. It takes us into the Western it takes Conference! Takes us into the West! <laughs> We're going to do a similar uh, kind of paint a picture for you all about how we see the West... We're like we Bob think. Ross, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. that's so cool. We're going to paint a little bush over here. We'll have a Netflix special soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, again, if you're listening to this, I want you to kind of close your eyes and paint this mental picture of the Western Conference playoff bracket. This one is not as set in stone as the East is, but we do have the Houston Rockets in first place, Golden State Warriors in second place, the San Antonio Spurs in third, the Minnesota Timberwolves in fourth, the Oklahoma City Thunder mm-hmm. in fifth, the Denver Nuggets in sixth and the Portland Trailblazers in seventh.
1: And those are the current standings right now as they as they stand. And we, we're, for this conversation, assuming that they're going to stay very similar to that.
0: We assume those teams won't change. Yeah. For the eighth spot, though, there's currently a three team race of players looking into that eighth seed. We've got the mm-hmm. New Orleans Pelicans, who are currently 31 26. The Clippers, who are half a game back at thirty and twenty six, and the Utah Jazz, who are two games back, two and a half games back actually mm-hmm. at thirty and twenty eight. Darcy, how do you think this kind of just three team race for the eighth seed is going to pan out?
1: Oh, I, I think we both agree that the Pelicans can't can't withstand these other two teams. Not
0: since that Boogie Cousins injury.
1: Yeah, I think that really took them out. They would have been a lot of fun to see with those two guys in there. I think
0: they could have they could have had a tough series against anybody. I know this is an all playing because Boogie's out, but yeah. if you have Boogie and Anthony Davis on the floor, yeah. you could arguably have the two best players on the floor at any given time.
1: You have that, and there's not anybody, because of the way the league has gone, that can match up with their size. So I think we're, we both agree the Pelicans are out, and it's between the Clippers and the Jazz. Uh, I think they both have a good shot, and they're both on really good streaks. The Jazz haven't lost in their last 10 games, so 10-0. and And the Clippers are 7-3 and in their last 10, so they're both playing really well. I think the Clippers have the edge they are a veteran team. They have people who have been there before, who have been in these situations. I think they'll continue to play 60% winning percentage basketball. And I think the Jazz will taper off slightly and be around 55, 58%. And I think it'll I think we'll even out and the Clippers will make it. But I know you you like the Jazz. What do you want to say more about that? I do. I'm high on the Jazz. Yeah.
0: I think that although the Jazz are still back two games, This race is theirs for the taking and if the Jazz don't make it, it's going to solely be their fault. It's not going to be because other teams really showed up. I know you like the Clippers and everything you just said about them, but the Clippers have a pretty brutal schedule for the rest of the season. They have six back-to-backs during the rest of the season, which is one of the highest totals in the league for the rest of the year and they also play 19 of their remaining 26 games against teams that are currently set to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So they have a pretty brutal schedule for a team that's still on the outside looking in yeah, uh, from race. that playoff race. For the Jazz, conversely, they have one of the easiest schedules to round out the rest of the season. So of the 3rd of the through 10th seeds in the West, of the teams in the West that aren't the Rockets or the Warriors. And that includes the Clippers and the Pelicans. Includes the Clippers and the Pelicans. Uh, Utah has the weakest opponent winning percentage throughout the rest of the season, the fewest back-to-back games, the fewest road games, and the fewest rest-disadvantage games as well. So, their schedule makes this race theirs for the taking. Yeah, it um, looks like that. My only worry, though, is that they've been surging, and they've been playing incredibly, incredibly well. Donovan Mitchell has been just... He's a stud. He's been he's been a borderline all-star, even though he's a rookie and he wasn't an all-star. Yeah. like He's been playing at a crazy level. He's the reason this team's playing well, but they obviously have a lot of tools around him also. Again, Rudy Gobert, Ricky Rubio, Derek Favors, Dante Exum, Alec Burks, Jay Crowder. Who's well, I'm going to stop you there,
1: because uh, we won't include Jay Crowder in Cavs
0: talks, and we can't include
1: him in Jazz talks
0: either. All right, that's fair. <laughs> But watch for him moving forward. Watch <laughs> how he integrates into the team. All I'm Whatever. gonna say. Yeah, yeah. He won't
1: shoot three as well, so it'll be fine.
0: Utah Utah has the team to succeed, but they might have already played their best basketball this season, and I'm worried that maybe like only can take a step back because they've been so hot. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about how easy their schedule is for the remainder of the year, but that's actually not necessarily the best thing for them. It's a little deceiving because Utah is only eleven and seven. On the year versus teams who are under 500. That's the worst winning percentage against such teams of all but two other teams in the playoff race. So, of the, of the 16, the 20 teams that are set to possibly make the playoffs, Utah is one of the worst teams <laughs> in easy games. Will they fall off and become lackadaisical in those games? Like, how, yeah. how will they continue to shine? It's a question mark. Absolutely. I, I want to. I don't think Utah is definitely going to win out this year to make yeah. it to the playoffs, but it is theirs for the taking. Yeah, they're capable. And I think, like you
1: said, you have a player like Donovan Mitchell who, if they make the playoffs this year, because it's going to be because of him, especially with Rudy Gobert being out a bunch. And he's a rookie. I mean, this is only going to help him and that team move forward. As, like, there's, a, I can't think of many teams off the top of my head who their best player was a rookie and they made the playoffs. Like, that's quite an accomplishment. I mean, they're...
0: It also is a testament to the players around him as well. They have a great team around staff, him. Minus Chick Crowder. But yeah, and their coaching staff. <laughs> Quinn Snyder is great. We've talked about Quinn Snyder and yeah. their GM, Dennis Lindsey before. Again, I love the Jazz, and yeah. I want to see them pull it out. I think they can. I hope they will. My fingers are crossed.
1: Yeah. I'd rather see them than the Clippers. Definitely. I, just, I think the I think the Clippers have that veteran leadership that the Jazz may be lacking. I think, they, I think the Jazz have veteran leadership. I don't want to say that that way, but you know what I'm trying to say. I think the Clippers have... They've experienced that the Jazz might not. As an organization and just within their team. individual players as well. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking more of their individual players. Yeah.
0: But yeah. But yeah, it'll be fun to see how it shakes out. It will be. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great just thing to watch for us. This playoff race
1: is gonna be exciting across yeah. the board. And I think whoever makes it out, the Pelicans, Jazz, or Clippers, are gonna get swept.
0: They're gonna lose in the first uh, round. Currently
1: right? Houston Rockets. Although, you know, you never know. Houston sometimes
0: doesn't show up the way they do, so maybe they'd steal a the game. But. Not in the first round though. I think at this point... I don't see them stealing a game. Oh, stealing a game. game. A game, okay. okay. Sorry, I thought you were saying like a series or something. Uh, But a game, alright. Darcy and I both basically agree that the Rockets and Warriors are going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. So that leaves, honestly, a lot of the rest of this conversation just a little unnecessary. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Well then fill me in. What do you think can happen? What do I think can happen? Yeah.
1: (sighs) If the Warriors and the Rockets... Sure. If they, if the current standings hold, which means the Spurs will play the Warriors, so that's that's mute. The Rockets could potentially. I think the Warriors are making it, right? I think they're the ones. They're going to the. I think they're going to the finals, but they're definitely going to the conference finals, right? Yeah. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Oklahoma City Thunder will give the Rockets a run for their money. In in the Timberwolves' case, I think they have a better coach. Okay. And I think Tom Thibodeau. To yeah, I think they are, have a defensive-minded approach to the game. It's a it's a little dated, I think. Uh huh. I think it'd be a lot of fun to see against Antonio in that offense, and I, I want to see how Chris Paul and James Harden play at the end of the game together. You know, who's willing to defer? Who's willing to play off the ball? Who's willing to shoot the ball, especially in you crunch know? time? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like at the end yeah. of the game, when when the game's on the line, and what we're what are we gonna see out of them? Uh, that team is awesome and it's deep, and I think it's one of the best teams I've ever seen in the regular season. Yeah, um, but neither James Harden nor Chris Paul have shown up appropriately in the postseason. Uh-huh. So we'll see what happens. I but I do think the Thunder and the Timberwolves are capable of knocking them off.
0: They both have so much talent. The Thunder and the Timberwolves. Yeah, I mean, obviously, teams, obviously the Rockets have a lot of talent, but yeah, I mean the the Thunder and the Wolves are packed with All Star caliber players.
1: It, it, I mean Carmelo he's the Thunder's third best player. He can but, still put it
0: up. He yeah, can still light it up. He can. He can't do anything else, but he can light it up. He'd be a, he'd be a key for them in yeah. any playoff series. You need Carmelo to show up. Uh, against any team you're playing in the playoffs but he, he shows up in big games.
1: Yeah. That's never been his issue. Throwback 03 Syracuse. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Jerry McNamara. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Carrello Anthony. Keem Warwick. Yeah, that team was a That's a great team. Yeah. Freshman won that t- that was crazy. That's wild. Hakeem was a sophomore, but yeah. I mean he he'll show up. I, I think he won't have an issue, at least in the biggest of games. And then you have Russell Westbrook who's just like a fucking maniac, right? I don't that guy's weird. And then you have Stephen Adams, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Adams who runs that pick and roll perfectly with him. I love watching them run the pick and roll. One he's of the like, best defensive
0: paint protectors yeah. in
1: the league. Dude, last Neanderthal. Well, no, no, Boban. But, Boban. Uh, yeah. What would we say? Uh, no, Stephen Adams is Boban's the last Neanderthal, and then uh, Stephen Adams is like the first Homo sapien. There you know? we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when the past started to cross. Like, yeah, it was like it was. Yeah. He's a lot of Neanderthal blood in him, but he's not a Neanderthal. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I love their team, and you have Paul George, who just like he just brings it all together. He's willing to do whatever it takes. He can
0: do anything. He can do anything. Yeah, he's the Superman. And the the Timberwolves kind of mirror a lot of that. Again, Jimmy Butler is there, do everything guy. Yeah. But then they have freak talents like Carmelo Anthony. Their third best player is. Um, I don't know, I, I, I I know who the third best player is. That's the, that's, I was gonna, that's the I was thing the, I get nervous about. I was going to say Andrew Wiggins, you but you can't, say that, we can't say that.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe he is, but that the issue I have with that team is that you're relying on people who haven't been there before. It's fair. Um, so you have Jimmy Butler, and then after that, it's kind of like, well, like Jeff Teague, but Jeff Teague hasn't been playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, arguably their backup's better. I can't think of Tyus Jones. He's been playing a lot better than Jeff T. has.
0: And even a lot a lot of this anchor, a lot of the anchors for the Timberwolves have been some of their veterans, like Taj yeah. Gibson, who have been playing really yeah, well. You can't just rely but, on
1: Taj Gibson to I mean, do anything major here. Exactly. Come yeah.
0: playoff time, you can't rely on yeah. similar production from these guys like it'll they be, do in the regular season. Yeah,
1: it'll be a good experience for Carl Anthony Towns because I think a lot of people are down on him. He's going to be fine, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if he shows up. All right, let's bounce back to the Blazers real quick. Um, so, about the bottom of the bracket. Bottom of the bracket, going back to number seven here, who's going to... They're slated to play the Warriors. Do you want to tell us about (laughs) the Blazers' chances?
0: (laughs) Their chances basically equal zero. And the only reason I say they basically equal zero is because they have managed to win one game against the Warriors in the past two playoffs. The Warriors have played the Raptors in the past two seasons in the first round. And throughout those two series, um, the, the Warriors have won eight games and lost one. Yeah. So it's a rough matchup for the It's Blazers. a rough matchup and this this Warriors team is arguably only better than they have in the past with yeah. the players like Grant that they've added and I mean no one in their right mind could possibly pick Portland to beat to beat the Warriors. No.
1: I think the the one caveat I'll throw out there is if it would have been a lot of fun to see this team with DeAndre Jordan. They didn't have to give up much. Maybe maybe in the offseason. We'll see. Yeah. They don't have much room to spend though. That's another that's another yeah. uh, Hey, this is wishful thinking. This isn't, like, practical (laughs) thinking. Come on, we're talking about the Blazers trying to beat the Warriors. I mean, what are they? (laughs) All right, let's
0: let's jump into your Denver Nuggets at six, who are slated to play the San Antonio Spurs. Similarly to the Raptors and the Celtics and the Jazz and some of these other teams that I've fallen in love with this season, the Nuggets have been one of my favorites to watch. They have surged into the All-Star break, and they won nine of their last twelve games by beating teams like Portland and the Bucks and the Spurs and the Thunder and the Warriors. They also lost to the Spurs and the Warriors during that stretch, so they like went one and one against those teams. But regardless, they've gone on in twelve and they've beat good teams. They surged into the sixth place in the Western Conference and during that stretch, they've just become one of the one of the best teams in the league. In the past 12 games, their second in offensive efficiency, their third in assists, their third in field goal percentage, and their third in three-point percentage. The way I see it, this team can only get better, as Paul Millsap's been sitting out for them. Nikola Jokic has been playing out of his mind, racking up triple-doubles in the first half. Um, Gary Harris has been shooting the lights out. Jamal Murray has 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 been really showing up. He's taken a step forward. He's taken a major step forward. and. I think if you pair those guys with Paul Millsap, uh, Paul Millsap can bolster their their defense, and he can also add another solid offensive scoring option for them as well. Mm -hmm. The Nuggets are a scary team. The Nuggets are one of those teams that, if I could choose who to face in the playoffs in the first round, it would not be be the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I am worried that they're going to kind of just uh, fall off a little bit. Despite how great Jokic and Harris and Murray have been playing, they're not always the most consistent because they are still so young. They can show up for three games for you, but I'm worried if they can show up over an entire series in seven games. Well, they haven't had that opportunity. Exactly. uh, This is going to be a big learning year for them. But because of that, I'm worried at how how well they can actually do as they're learning. Uh, They also have a brutal schedule for the rest of the season. They play 13 of their final 24 games on the road. They're only nine and nineteen on the road this year, and yeah. they're actually they were zero and five on the road in January. And they can't afford to keep that up because this—I mean—they're two games out exactly. of the
1: playoffs, yes, or two games ahead of the eighth seed right now.
0: So it's going to be tough going for them, and yeah. if if Denver can push forward and keep playing well in the regular season, they're going to have to put up a fight, and I'm not yeah. sure how well that will suit them come playoff time. But I think
1: uh, so. I'm going to constrict myself in this in this point here, but I. On paper, you like the matchup against the Spurs. Yes. I mean, especially without Kawhi. With Kawhi, it's a totally different conversation. Uh-huh. But without Kawhi, you have Lamarcus Aldrich, who's always had a hard time showing up in the playoffs in the biggest games. And you have, there's not much else in that team, right? They have a lot of young guys, similar to the way the, the Nuggets have a lot of young guys. And I, I actually like the Nuggets roster better in that situation. But with that being said, the Spurs still always scare me. They, they have Greg Popovich, one of the greatest coaches of all time. I think they're going to come out and be and play really well against this team, but that series will be the one I want to watch all seven games. Yeah, um, I think it'll be a lot of fun if if this holds still and they're able to win some games on the road and stay at the sixth
0: seed, they might end up getting the fifth or sixth or fifth or fourth seed too. But, what do you think the Spurs' ceiling is if they have Kawhi? Uh, can they match the, the Rockets? Yeah, you think they can make that much of a run? Absolutely. Okay, I think whoever comes out of the West is winning the championship. Yeah, I
1: mean that's let's just like. I, I don't want to be that bold, but it's but I I would pick that team to beat the Cavs team. Okay, um, definitely the Raptors or Celtics. But yeah, I think with Kawhi, that team is that team is deadly, man. They're playing. What, what's their record right now? They're the thir- they're the three seed. With they're thirty five and twenty four. Thirty five and twenty four without
0: Kawhi. Without
1: Kawhi, like they'd be right up there with the Warriors and the Rockets in terms of record if they had him. They the one the, the one half they had Kawhi against the Warriors last year. Was it last year? It was last year. Yeah, before we got um, into in the series. I mean, they were whooping their ass. Yeah, right. I mean, that was gonna even itself out a little bit, so I don't want to get too great, but it would have been a six, seven game series, bit. and I think the Spurs could have won. Uh, and they they beat the Rockets that year. This team is good. If they have Kawhi Leonard, and they've only gotten better, it's kind of like the Celtics where they one of their best players went down, and it afforded people other opportunities, like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I don't think we and Terry Rozier. I don't think we would have saw them grow the same way.
0: Uh huh. But yeah, now and- that
1: we have. It's only going to improve when they get Gordon Hayward back, or in this version, or in this instance, when they get Kawhi Leonard back.
0: And the Spurs, they got Bryn Forbes, they have got uh, Kyle Anderson, yeah. they got UCLA. they got they got Dejounte Murray. Yeah, um, Murray looks
1: good. Murray looks yeah. great. And then you ha- you still have you know Ginobili and Parker are going to show up for one game in a series. Ginobili can win you a game. Yeah, and you know and Parker can he can, he can contribute. Mm-hmm. So I a team's a lot of fun, and I I hope I really hope that Kawhi comes back. It doesn't look good, but it's funny. Gordon Hayward broke his fucking leg, and like he's gonna, he's potentially coming back. And Kawhi, like we said, don't anything. know. You know, we don't know. Yeah, so I, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I I hope Kawhi comes back because that'll be a very fun playoffs. All right, so we have at the four and five matchup, for the Thunder and Timberwolves. We kind of already talked about them a little bit. Uh, let's jump ahead to the Rockets and Warriors, who're sitting at the top of the conference here. Um,
0: Josh, if they were to match up in the conference finals, who do you got? At this point, you still gotta take the Warriors. Uh, I think similar to how LeBron just ha- affects the East, the Warriors have that same effect in the West. And I mean, the Warriors, they made it to three straight finals. They've won two of three finals in the past three years. And until that team shows that they can be beat in the playoffs, I wouldn't pick them to be beat in the playoffs. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't. Even with the Houston Rockets playing incredibly well this year, I think most people still have this as the Warriors' conference for the taking.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the Warriors, the only thing they have going against them is fatigue, right? I mean, this is going to be potentially their fourth straight trip to the finals. Shout out LeBron going to, like, what, his ninth or eighth or something? like He's an animal man. It's crazy. Uh, That guy is, like, superhuman. This would be Uh, his ninth. This would be his ninth? For clarity's sake. But yeah, I still take them. I mean, they have Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry, who I think are both better than James Harden. <laughs> so I think they have the best two players on the court uh-huh. at any time they step onto the court. Okay. Or at least in that series. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, I, and then, you have to, then you're depending on Chris Paul and James Harden to show up in this series. I hope they do. hope they make it a series. I'm sure it'll go six or seven anyways, but I hope they do show up appropriately. Because they, they could make it a run here. I think they, it could be a lot of fun, but I, I have the Warriors. Hands down,
0: same here. Cool. All right, I think that about wraps it up for us, Darcy. Uh, we've taken the people through the east. We've taken the people through the west. We're just trying to give them what they want. We are obviously a
1: Sixers. if it comes out of the west. <laughs> so. Oh, Sixers Wizards. Wizards go to the Western Conference, and then we, I mean, oh, there we go. That's yeah, cool. That's ideal.
0: Yeah. Jokes aside, we've got the Warriors and the Cavaliers coming out of each of their conferences for. Round four of the Cavs Warriors finals. It's fucking crazy. Four years straight, four years man. straight.
1: I think if these teams stay healthy and the matchups stay the same, I think we yeah, we feel comfortable saying the Cavs and Warriors are gonna meet up for a fourth straight year, and we'll see what happens. We'll make those predictions later and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Make sure healthy a, a lot the, of fun. the rest of the season. Thank you all for tuning in to Last Guys Off the Bench. My name is Josh King. And I'm Darcy Fairley. Subscribe to us on iTunes and see you guys next week. Peace out!